I got in a lot of trouble. So I ended up getting like four felonies, uh, like two criminal mischiefs and a misdemeanor at the age of 15. Mm. And so um, I got locked up. Your record was longer than your dad's and you got caught with 100 pounds. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And so um, and I felt something I never felt before in my life. I felt the presence of God and I didn't you know, I didn't. Excuse me. I didn't I've never um, I never experienced that experience that I had. I've never I had never felt something like that never in my life and, and that's awesome yeah i was uh what about 17 years old at that time that's when i that's when i moved from eagle lake to um san antonio i stayed a couple of years in eagle lake 17 years old i was in san antonio and um and so yeah um went into the uh uh i, I got saved after that you know they prayed for me I, all that stuff stopped happening to me praise god all that stuff i stopped having uh those whatever demons get on top of me and everything and how did mm-hmm. I get to this point, you know, of being locked up again, you know? And I look around, there's like 30 men all around me, and I'm like, yeah. they want to fight, and I'm like, oh, my god. Yeah, there's some characters. I'm like, man, I got, I'm like, man, I got to no, get out of here, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So. Did you call for her? Did you call to Jesus then? Was you like, man, you was like, man, God, if you get me up out of here, man, man, I'll, man, I'll go back to church. I'll do this. I'll do that. No, I didn't. Oh man, I didn't actually. When the cops picked me up, I was trying to um, run out the back window of my house. Oh, uh-uh. oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Life Speaks podcast. We are glad that you're with us tonight, and we got a very special guest with you. But before we get to there, we're going to shout out our uh, our sponsors first. We want to mention the Choosing Hope Foundation. They're doing big things out there, wrapped around prison ministries and just doing big things and helping folks out there. Check us out at uh, thechoosinghopefoundation.org. We want to check out the uh, lifespeakspodcast.com. If you want to see any episodes, you want to drop a comment or anything like that, just let us know. And, man, God's doing big things with these things. So, And then uh, Potter's House GRA, come check us out. Universal 2025 Universal City Boulevard. Man, we can't wait to see you. My name is Casey Case. I'm your host, and this is uh, my brother. Uh, it's, it's just Jesse. Just Jesse. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, uh, so like uh, my brother Keith said, thank you for joining us today. Yes, sir. I uh, appreciate y'all thank tuning you, in. Uh, amen. So uh, this evening we have a very special guest. We have, um, you know, our, our first launched uh, baby work. We got Pastor uh, TJ with us uh, in the house. Amen. Welcome, TJ. Glad to have you out, man. Thank you for Good coming. To Good to be here. Thank you for coming. Thank y'all for having me. Amen. So what we like to do is when we have somebody on the show, we like to have them just take us back, take us back in time, take us back as, you know, as far as you can remember and just tell us your story because I believe it's powerful just from the notes that you've sent. I believe it's powerful. I believe God's going to touch somebody with it. Your story is a tool. So just take us back. So, you know, um, I was raised in a broken family. You know, my uh, um, family was very... How can I say? Um, uh, we were moving. We would move around like a lot, a lot. We would move around a okay. lot. So, was you in the military? Um, was there your family in the military or something? Or was it just no, no, no. It just was a just bunch a, of yeah. So like, I, so I was born in Galveston. Uh, my uh, so we have five five siblings. I'm the middle one. Okay. Um, I have two younger sisters. I have two older brothers. 
And so um, um, my two younger sisters were born in Eagle Lake, Texas. Mm -hmm. I was born in Galveston, Texas. My two older brothers, uh, one was born in Laredo, Texas. One was born in Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. And so don't ask me how that happened. I don't know. (laughs) And so um, I've tried to ask my mom and my dad, and so they just kind of, you know, shut me out on that. And so, yeah. So, um, but, you know, moving around a lot when we're young, different schools, different, um, uh, you know, just uh, different. Oh, How did that affect you as a kid? Did, that, did you, was you like shut out or anything? Like shut off? You didn't like want to talk to anybody or anything? Um, Going to different schools all the time? Yeah, kind of. It, 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 it did affect me a little bit like that. Um, get bullied a lot. Oh, wow. Yeah, as a young kid. Yeah. Got into a lot of fights, you know, like that. Um, um, did you learn how to fight? Uh, I guess so. I guess yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta do what I, you gotta do. Yep. It's you know you get a. Uh, it's like they say you put a dog in the corner. You know they're gonna yeah. bite. You know. Yeah. And so yeah, I got into a lot of fights like that, but for the most part, it was just getting used to the different towns that I would move to. You know, and adjusting was the biggest part. Um, but you know, uh, I was born in Galveston, raised in the valley, like I said. Um, but I guess the biggest part was. Um, my parents, uh, always on drugs, you know, drink, oh, wow. drinking, um, the partying, um, just seeing a lot of that growing up, you know, seeing a lot of that okay. growing up. Um, I saw a lot of, a lot of drugs in my life, you know, uh, mm. uh, my dad would move weight. Um, so we lived in the Valley. So, uh, in the Valley, there's nothing but drugs. You know, if you don't, yeah. if, if you don't, uh, have a, a good education or if you don't know somebody that can get you into a job, um, Basically, you just move, sell drugs, right? Oh man! So um, I saw a lot of that as a, as a, 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 through my young age, and um, I would see like uh, bricks of weed and money and and uh, you know wrapping weed, you know, and in, in mm. uh, uh, wrapping bricks of weed, I would hear it. You know, you hear the the roll of plastic just. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. You know, and uh, um, as a little kid, as a little kid, yeah, dang, that's crazy. I started watching that as a little kid, and uh, um, and was a, around that a lot. So you know, at a at a early age, I I tried drugs. Like by by the age of twelve, I tried uh, uh, smoking weed. Of course, that that's uh-huh. what my my dad was selling weed, and so um, uh, I say by the time twelve years old, I tried weed. I tried coke, um. And were those I, like uh, facilitated, like they, uh, you know, kind of passed it down to you? Was that under supervision or it was just so available in your curiosity? As a Yeah, it was just available. Was, my okay. parents never passed drugs down to me. It okay. was kind of like um, um, do as I say, not as I do, you know. Uh, yeah. It was kind of like do as I say, not as I do. They would have never, they would never like give me drugs or anything like that. I mean, I've, I've drank with my my dad and, you know, my family, stuff like that, you know, but never... Mm-hmm like drug, smoke weed with him or, you know, do stuff like that. But, but, uh, as growing up over there, that's what I saw, you know, and, uh, um, just, uh, uh moving around unstable, you know, mm-hmm. really unstable family. And so, um, uh, I say by the age of, uh, 12s, I tried drugs. Um, I remember one time going, uh, my dad coming to the, to the border actually, cause my dad would move weight across the border. And so, um, uh, he had filled the the van that we had. We had it filled with. Uh, he had it filled with drugs. Oh, I'm about twelve years old. So we get to the checkpoint. We get to the checkpoint, and um, 
I guess he forgot to uh, to uh, put a screw in the back lift gate. And so uh, what ended up happening is that when the, the Border Patrol opened the lift gate, he, a little piece was hanging down. Oh, wow. And so he said, what is that? So he opened it up and he stuck his hand in there. And oh, He wow. pulled out a brick. Dang. And so, yeah. And so he, st- he started, he went, got my dad, took him out of the, took oh, him, pushed him up against the, the, the van and told him. Dang. My dad was just like, hey, man, I didn't kill nobody. I'm just trying to make a living, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, they locked, they locked him up at that time. And, uh. They caught him with like a hundred pounds yeah, that man. that day. And man, so, that's crazy. Yeah, and, uh, and my, he was twelve years old when you I seen was, all that. Yeah, I was twelve. Oh, it was man. it was me, my my brother, uh, my brother Jordan, and my I think I think it was all of us. Oh man, so, I don't know if it was my oldest brother. I can't remember, but it was it was most of the most of us. What was you feeling when you seen you you know them throwing your dad around like that? Was you scared or anything? Um. Yeah, I kind of didn't know what to think, you know. Because oh, okay. you knew think. what was going on, right? Like, you knew what the situation was. Yeah. So there was the, the same feeling of, like, nerves pulling up that, you know, he probably felt like you knew there was this risk, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, that I mean that was that. And then, like, soon after that, my, uh, my our life took, took a turn, you know, because, uh, I mean, before that, I mean, my dad would try to provide for us as much, mm-hmm. as best as he could, you know, and so... Um, I mean, we always had food, had a roof over our, over our head and stuff, both parents and the family. Um, I mean, you know, he was just, he was, he was a raw sinner. I'm not going to lie. My, my mom too, they were raw sinners. And so, um, um, you know, I began to see our, our life change after that because my dad got locked up for a little while. And so um, uh, I began to see change, you know, struggle. I began to see struggle because before that, you know, for a, some good amount of time, some years, we had some money. You know, my dad would give us money. He would... We'd be able to shop at at the mall, you know, and and buy nice clothes, and you know, and have money to go shopping and stuff like that. But after that, you know, life took a turn. Life took a twist, and um, um, it began to uh, feel the struggle. You know, it began to feel the struggle, the money wise, uh, fin- financially, you know. Um, but I say like twelve. We moved from there. We moved to um. Uh, a little town called Eagle Lake. Moved to a little town called Eagle Lake. Lived there for a couple of years, and uh, you know, I began to I began to work. I was like, um, like around. I got there like around 13, 14, something like no, about fourteen. I would say I might not be right on my ages, but like about fourteen. I spent like three years there. And that was uh, so. Your dad had got released, or he got locked up. The time you moved, and it was just your mom, or. How did that work? So he, got, so he got released. So he did some time, got released. How much time um, did he do? Not much. Because oh, uh, back in those days, you know, it's, it was not as uh, as it is in these days. You know, these uh-huh. days they'll give you yeah. bad time. Yeah, they'll throw you back, away. Yeah, back in back in those days, it was probably like six to eight months that he did. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah, like Dang. six to eight months. Um, and then uh, like 10 years probation. Oh, man. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so... He was out, out of our lives for a little bit, but um, as soon as he came out, he came back into our lives. But, I mean, that played a role in my life, you know, not mm-hmm. not having him there, you know, just a, a lot of my discipline. You know, I mm-hmm. began to do things, you know, at, yeah. at, a, at a young age, you know, 14, 15 years old. We moved to an, another town um, uh, like three hours away from here. It's called Eagle Lake, going to Houston. And uh, so I began to, you know, stay out late, you know, not yeah. come home at the age of 15 already. And I, I would, and my dad was out already by that time. But I would see my, um, 
I would see my mom and 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 them, you know, uh, uh, doing drugs and smoking and drinking, mm. you know, and uh, I don't know. There was something in me because I've always felt a pull like of God calling me. I've always felt a pull like, like, so, wow, like that's incredible. Yeah, yeah I, I've always felt something like God calling me for some reason. Like I would see my mom, like you know, so so sad, drinking on the porch, smoking cigarettes, and and I would go up to her and I would grab her cigarettes and I would be like. Um, Stop smoking already, you know. And even though I was a sinner, like I mm-hmm. would smoke weed, I would get drunk and you know get mm-hmm. high. But when I would see my mom doing this, I was like, I was like, man, like I couldn't stand to see that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so I would go grab her cigarettes and throw them on the ground and step on them and oh, and man. and she gets so mad and she tell me, I'm gonna buy me another pack anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna buy me another pack anyway. You might as well not do that. But you ain't smoking now. Yep. And so. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, how come you don't go to church, mom? You need to go to church, you know? And and so one day we went to church. So the, the, the closest church to the, well, there was other churches there, but I don't know why we decided to go to church like 30 minutes away. Small town. So, like, the towns are like, they're like 30 minutes away from mm-hmm. there. Like a sm- another small town, like 30 minutes away. We had been to churches there in that, in that little city, but they were kind of like, they were kind of religious. I didn't know at that time, you know, but we had visited a church there at a younger age and um and the kind of church you know where they lay hands on you and mm-hmm. they push you back and you fall on your back uh. <laughs> you fall on your back and you stay on the ground for a little bit and you know you get up again and you know oh man kind of like knock you out or something i'm not sure but anyway um did they do that to you yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 I, I didn't fall and they did that and i was like yeah. what am i supposed to do am i supposed to fall uh. and so um so they did that to me. They pushed my head back, and I was like, "What are you doing, man? Like, uh, are you pushing my head back?" Uh, and so, I saw he did that to another lady, and the lady fell down, and they caught her and laid her down. And I was like, "Oh, that's what you do." Uh, okay. And so Dang. I did. I did the same thing. You know, I copied her, and I just uh, okay. as he pushed me, I laid down too. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> didn't oh, hit the ground. <laughs> I didn't hit the ground. They caught me, and then yeah. uh, I just waited till and then somebody else got up. I was opening one eye. I was like. Are they getting up yet? Okay, now it's my turn to get up. <laughs> so I got up, and you know, and, and me and my my brothers, we we went we went through that. My mom would take us to. My mom was searching too. She was, um, she was searching for God. She had something in her that was searching for God as well. And um, so we went to a, a Christian church about thirty minutes away. Um, around that time, whenever I was telling my mom, um, you know, stop smoking, stop drinking, stop doing this, I felt so bad for her, you know. And um, she looked so uh, so down, so depressed, and. And um, we went to church, and, man, God touched her in a service. I, I didn't know at the time, you know. I, I really didn't understand everything, and like I do now. But um, God touched her, and God delivered her in, mm-hmm. in that service. Like, she never touched alcohol again, cigarettes, everything. Went to one service. and Resurrection power. Yeah, resurrection power. God did a miracle in that service. And I don't think we ever really even went to church after that. Mm. Just that one time it took, and my mom stopped drinking, my mom stopped smoking, stopped doing things at least in front of me because I don't remember her doing anything. Oh man! And so I remind her of that, and she tells me to this day, like you're the one that pushed me to go to church, and I was I didn't know anything yeah, about church, you know. Cool. And so um, uh, during while I was living there, I, w- I would work at a dealership, and there was a guy from uh, um, from Honduras, his name was Oscar. And so he would begin to witness me. I didn't even, I didn't even know this. You know, he would begin to witness to me, share the gospel with me. He'd want to come do Bible studies at my house. 
And so I asked my dad, I was like, hey, can uh, Oscar wants to come do Bible studies at the house? And so he said, yeah, that's fine. So Oscar would come. He only came a couple of times. My dad told him, hey, you can't come no more, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why yeah. is that? Do you know why? I have no idea, man. Okay. I have no idea. But, you know, after that, you know, he stopped coming. And then uh, I guess, you know, I, I, in that city, you know, it's like a small town, like population, like less than 3,000, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like a like a dead end town. Like you, you, you got to go to the mall. Like I said, you got to drive thirty minutes to go to the mall. You know, oh, or yeah. to go. Uh, when we go to the movies there, you'd have to drive thirty minutes to go mm-hmm. to the movie theater, or you wanted to go shopping. Whatever you know, it is. They only had like two restaurants. It was like a pizza place. It wasn't Pizza Hut. It was a pizza place. Hey, just and, pizza place. Yeah, just a pizza place, <laughs> and that was basically it. Like a pizza place and like one corner store and. Maybe a couple of corners, like two corner stores and a barbecue place that was open in the daytime only. Mm. But it was a little town like that, like a little dead in town. But um, we lived there for a couple of years. And then um, I think uh, my brother, George, um, eventually moved moved from there. And he was having his own issues and his, his own problems. He was he's a little bit old, a couple of years older than me, about four years older than me. I was 15 at the time. It was about 19. And um, he moved to San Antonio. And uh, he's, he was living here uh, for about a year, and he calls, calls us up one time, and he tells us, hey, how come y'all guys don't come move over here to San Antonio? Um, there's a lot of job opportunity. You know, um, it's a bit bigger city. It's bigger over here. Um, you'll like it. Why don't you come move in with me? And, and was your dad on the straight path over there when y'all lived in that uh, smaller town, or was, was it the same uh, habits? Did he go back to moving weight, or how, how did y'all uh, survive when y'all were uh, spending those few years out at that uh, little town? He ran the pizza place. <laughs> Good question. No, um, uh, he was trying to do things right. Um, he was okay. trying to, uh, he got a job actually. He's a driver. So he's been a driver all his life. So um, okay. he started driving trucks, uh, started trying to make honest money and provide for us. Um, but that's very respectable, man. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He started doing that. And um, um, there was not a lot of work there. You know, there's not a mm-hmm. lot. It's a small town. So. Uh, that's what my brother said. Hey, let's 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 come uh, um, come over here, move to San Antonio. We said, you know what? Let let's do it. So we 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 all packed up and we moved. We came here to San Antonio, man. And um, uh, from there, we moved in with my brother. Lived with him for a little while. Eventually, got our own place. But uh, he took us to church. He took us to church. Um, uh, I don't. I didn't even know he was saved. I didn't know that. You know. Really? That's Your what brother. I was gonna ask. I was like, did he mention being saved? Or he was just like, man, I, I can get a family coming to church. He's like, come on down. And he's like, oh, yeah, by the I'm way, come visit down. this church. I don't even think he knew he was saved. To be honest with you, oh, he wow. was such a new convert. You know, okay. I don't even think he knew he was saved. But I guess he he was he knew that he was doing something right. You know, mm-hmm. and so um, so yeah, so he invited us to church. Um, he did an altar call. Pastor Benny's church was my first church I went to. Oh, okay. Pastor awesome. ben, yeah, Pastor Benny's church was the first church I went to. And um, uh, I went there, and I needed prayer big time because I was I was getting assaulted. like, And I didn't even know I was getting spiritually assaulted because I, had, when I was 15, I, I played the Ouija board. Mm. And, oh. Yeah, I played the Ouija board without even knowing. So one of my friends, um, she bought it. Her parents bought it for her from uh, um, Toys R Us. Dang. And they so, sold it at Toys R Us. Yeah, what? They sold it at Toys R Us, That's and it crazy. was, and it was like a special edition kind. Of, you know, they make Aww. it seem real. You yeah. know, <laughs> for kids. You know, and so yeah. it, glow, it it would glow in the dark, and and Dang. it looked all neat. You know, and it really 
catches kids' attention. Man, that's crazy. And so, um, so yeah, we played that. We we actually played that in her house, and um, uh, uh, we begin. She began to speak to it and show us. It. She began to say, tell it, show us a sign, show us a sign. If you're real, show us a sign. And the fan was spinning full speed, faster than this right here. Uh, it was spinning full speed, and all of a sudden the fan just went, whoop, and it just stopped. Dang, that's crazy. It just stopped, and uh, um, yeah, yeah, I just closed that thing up. I said, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to play that. I want to play this game no more. Uh-uh. I don't want to play that no more. I didn't, I didn't realize wow. it was evil. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I thought it was really just a game, you know. And at that age, at a young age, but anyway, after that had happened to me, I'd. When I would go to sleep every night, I would feel something get on top of me. Mm. I would feel something get on top of me. I would begin to see shadows. I begin to I begin to hear voices in my ear speak to me at night. I was like, "Oh shoot, what is that?" And so, when I'd go to sleep, I'd want to sleep with the light on. Oh man, (laughs) I'd want to be close. You know, I wanted there to be some light in the room because if not, I would see shadows crossing, going across. Um, But you know, I need I needed I needed deliverance actually. You know, and renounce some things. And so I didn't know that at the time, right? But, yeah. but so went to Pastor Ben's, and you know they did an altar call, and I I went up for prayer. I went up to receive Jesus Christ, and you know I'd never I'd never been to a church like a Christian church like that, you know, and like to our fellowship. And so um, when I went, is anybody want to receive Christ? I was like, yeah. So what bad can it do, right? Went up, um, said a prayer, and I felt something I never felt before in my life. I felt the presence of God and I didn't, you know, I didn't, excuse me, I didn't, I've never, um, I never experienced that experience that I had. I've never, I had never felt something like that, never in my life. And And that's awesome. Yeah. I was, uh, what, about 17 years old at that time. That's when I, that's when I moved from Eagle Lake to, um, San Antonio. I stayed a couple of years in Eagle Lake, 17 years old. I was in San Antonio and, um, and so, yeah, um, Went into the, uh, uh, I, I got saved after that. You know, they prayed for me. I, all that stuff stopped happening to me. Praise God. All that stuff, so I stopped having uh, those, whatever, demons get on top of me and everything. And and um, I was saved for three months, filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, man, that's powerful. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I would be outreaching, telling people about Jesus. It's begin, on fire. I was, yeah, I began to read my Bible. Um, Amen. And so, but. Didn't didn't stay like that, you know. I was oh, okay. seventeen. I was uh, well, real quick, because uh, at this point you're seventeen. Uh, and I know on one of your points you said you had put a uh, fifteen juvenile. I just don't want to miss anything. Do you make oh, okay. like fifteen juvenile? Like you were uh, like in your youth juvenile, or did you go to juvie? Or oh yes, that? yes, 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 yes. Um, uh, I'll talk about that real quick before we get into that. yeah. I um that was in Eagle Lake. Um, when I was fifteen, I got in, I started hanging around uh, a bad company. I started hanging around, uh, um, you know, some fr- some friends that you know they get into bad things and uh, begin to do like robberies and mm-hmm. uh, break into buildings and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, and and people that didn't like me, I, I I went and did a bunch of stuff, man. I messed their cars up and stuff oh, like wow. that. And so, um, I got in a lot of trouble. So I ended up getting like four felonies, um, like two criminal mischiefs and a misdemeanor at the age of fifteen. And so um, I got locked up. Your record was longer than your dad's, and he got caught with a hundred pounds. Yeah, like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so um, uh, I got locked up in uh, Colorado County Juvenile Boot Camp. There, it was there, and actually in the same city. Mm. And um, 
and so yeah, I I didn't do much time. I like, not even a month. I don't think. And oh um, wow, yeah. And so, grace of God, thank God. Amen. You had a good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> God blessed you. <laughs> That's my lawyer. <laughs> Amen. He blessed you. Yeah. I didn't have no lawyer, but, you know, they, they let me go. They released me. They put me on probation. I was on probation for, like, two years. So, it was a very strict uh, probation. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, for a juvenile probation, you got to be in at by 8 o'clock, uh-huh. you know. They'll come and check on you out of nowhere, you know, yeah. randomly. And um, and so, yeah, it was, it was hard being a teenager and having... You know, mm-hmm. to be in by eight o'clock, and especially I was I was out and about. I was mm-hmm. never I wouldn't come home some nights, and right. so, so yeah, it was a hard probation. But I guess that helped me out. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, it did help me out, keep kept me out of trouble. If not, I would have gotten some other worse things. I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I, I I did went to that juvenile boot camp, and it's like a it's like a boot camp actually, like a it's like a jail but a boot camp. You know, they throw you in the mud. They mm-hmm. you know they rush you. Scared? Um, I, I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. I was a little scared. Um, yeah, yeah, I was a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was only 15 years old. Mm -hmm. I just, I just did what I acted right and listened, you know, and I got out. (laughs) And so I know you said it kept you out of trouble. Did it help you though? When you got out, like your mentality, was it like, man, I don't want to go back to this. Was there a change? Cause I I know, you know, cause where we're at now in the store, you're at Pastor Ben's, you go to San Antonio, you get saved. So when you were in that trouble, were you thinking of God at that time? Was did it change you when you got out, or you just went back to what you were doing? You finished, or you uh, finished and went straight to San Antonio? Or how did we get to Pastor um, Ben's? No, my mentality was um, my mentality was um, was man, I gotta, I I can't get caught. Okay, that was my mentality yeah. when I mm-hmm. got out. Like, okay, now I gotta be slick. Now, you know, I, I can't get caught. I can't get caught up. Um, uh, just gonna be good at it. Yeah, got to be good at it. And so so every time I would do something I wasn't supposed to do, I was the one, you know, I would gone. I was gone. I'd be slick. Mm. I'd hide the drugs faster. I'd hide the uh, drug better. Um, I thought I was slick. I really wasn't slick, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't get caught again for for years. Mm-hmm. For years I didn't get caught. And I, I would always drive around with weed and drugs in my in my vehicles you know mm. and by the age of 15 i had my own i had my own job had my i had my own job by the age of 15 you know i had my own vehicle got my own vehicle out and i began to work you know i was i was just not i guess i began to to work at an early age and so i'd pay my own car note and everything like that and so um uh yeah but that was the ju- okay. the juvenile mm. and so yeah, it did affect me though. It, it affected me like I did not want to get locked up no more for nothing. Yeah. yeah, like I did not want to be locked up, especially you know, you know. That's what I said. I, I even seen my my cousin ate the blunt one time driving, and we got pulled over. And, you know, no one wants to get caught. And he ate the whole blunt. And everyone's looking at him like, "What the yeah. heck?" And he's like, "Man, can you just take me home? Like, I don't feel good." <laughs> and you know, me too. You know, I'll eat the dope. I was like, "I ain't going back. I ain't going." But that was my thing. It changes you. It does. It oh does. yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. I've I've done that before. I've I've ate a joint before. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but yeah, it changed me in that perspective, but, um, I still kept, I still kept on the same, on the same track and, um, until I came and I got saved at church and then I was about to graduate. So I went, I started attending Judson high school. And so I got on, uh, go I, rockets. Yeah. Go rockets. <laughs> yep. I started attending Judson high school. And so like I got on this, they, they allowed me to get on a work program. So I would work half, um, uh, like a couple of periods, I'd go to school a couple of periods and I'd get off and go to work. And so I ended up graduating by the grace of God. Thank God. 
And so um, graduation parties came. Mm. And so my three month being saved, I backslid. Ooh. Yeah, I backslid and um uh, at seventeen. At seventeen. Mm. Yep. I backslid, um backslid, uh and I would come back to church every now and then and it just didn't work out. Eventually mm. I just stopped coming to church. So it wasn't like a backslid, like graduation season, oh man, I messed up, get my heart right and stayed in the church. I was backslid like you know what? And you went out, did your thing, and then just kind of took off and disappeared, ducked back. Yeah, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I, I stopped coming gradually. I, would, I stopped coming, mm. showing up less and less, less and less, less and less. Before you know it, I just wouldn't come at all. Mm. And so that really affected me, you know, and, and I believe it would have helped me at, at, at that young age if I would have just really stuck to it, you know. And uh, I was a young teenager. I was a young kid. But for 10 years, I, I didn't, um, I, I, I dove into sin. Oh, I, wow. I dove into sin and, and, you know, we come from small country town and then a small town, uh, second town I lived in and nothing like San Antonio. You know, mm-hmm. when I got to San Antonio, San Antonio was huge yeah. and it's even mm-hmm. bigger now. But um, that time I was like, man, like you can party with everybody here in San Antonio, you know, so I, I just dove into the party life. I dove into mm. the party life. I dove into deeper into drugs. I began yeah. to smoke weed again, uh, you know, snort coke, begin yeah. to sell drugs, you know. The, That's the, everywhere. Yeah. You know, the little, you know, you want to sell drugs. Hey, my parents, sold, my dad sold drugs. I want to sell drugs too, you yeah. know. And so I began to do that and and just get involved in all kinds of craziness and all kinds of immorality. And mm-hmm. and um, for like 10 years, for, I did that for like about 10 years. You were still with your parents, or at this point you had already moved out? Um, I think I, shortly after I graduated, I think I moved out. Okay. Moved out afterwards. I was always um, really, I always had a job, you know, I always uh, mm-hmm. uh, made my own money, and, you know. And so, yeah, shortly after that, um, moved out, but I, I was, like I, like I said, I got deeper into my sin. It just mm-hmm. took me. On a for these 10 years, like, what were you going through? Like, what were the mind battles like? What were the feelings? Was there any depression or anything like that? Loneliness? Um, At first, no. At first, there was no, like, depression or anything like that. But um, I did struggle a lot. I struggled a lot. I struggled. Like, I had, like, I had favor. I could say I, I could still feel, like, the grace of God over me. Mm-hmm. Because everywhere I would go, I would get like good jobs, and I would, you know, I would get blessed, and I would That's see, good. I would see blessing, you know, I would see blessing, but, um, um, like things wouldn't work out, you know, things yeah. things wouldn't work out like they would have if I would have been in the will of God, mm-hmm. and um, I met my uh, I, I met uh, um, the mother of my children. I got to, I, I have a first. I was never married. I have a first uh, a relationship. I have kids with my first relationship. I have two kids. Uh, one, my daughter's seventeen right now, and my son is uh, fourteen right now. And um, with my wife right now, Desiree, I have one daughter with her, which is Aaliyah. And so, um, uh, end up getting with her, end up having uh, um, Isabella first, and um, I was with her for six years. And even throughout being with her, um, those six years, it was just like party life. Mm. It was just a party life. I would work, um, but 
it was just party after that, you know. Yeah. My life was just party, selling drugs, just, you know, doing yeah. that. After six years uh, doing that, you know, hey, your sin don't take you nowhere. Yeah. It did. I tried going to church a little bit here and there with her, you know, and didn't stick to it. Eventually ended up separating. She ended up moving to uh, uh, Denver, Colorado with my kids. Had a Israel. Israel was a little baby, like about nine months, almost a year old. She ended up moving out of, out of state to Denver, Colorado. Then I started feeling the depression. Mm. Then I started feeling the depression. I started feeling, um, you know, lone, the loneliness. Yeah. And then, like, then, you know, I started getting deeper into my sin. Oh, wow. I started getting deeper into my sin, doing things I've never done before, you know. Um, I got my own place. Um, I thought I was doing okay. You know, I had my, I had a full-time job. I, I, you know, uh, I had a, I had to, I had a vehicle, I had a motorcycle, I had a boat, you know, I thought I was doing okay. I had some landscape equipment. We started my own little landscape business. You That's know? always everyone's thing. Like with Camilo and Lulu too, was the boat. Lulu was like, well, we had a boat. I thought we were doing yep. all right. <laughs> you can tell how good you're doing by a boat. Yep, you're doing exactly. Good. You got a boat. They got yep. a boat. I mean, what are you doing? I had a boat, but I wasn't even driving it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, just there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the driveway. So, yep. And so I had a boat, but I had just one mattress in my house. That's all I had. Mm. When I, when, I, yeah, I was so lonely, man. I had just one mattress in my, in my, uh, in my living room. And I was so depressed, man, at that point, man. And, you know, and, you know, I had people tell me, you know, the house that I was living in, it was, uh, uh, it was owned before a German lady had, had passed away there. Mm-hmm. And they would tell me that um, that the German lady would, um, she would always open the cabinets a lot um, in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and that at night you can hear the cabinets opening up. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, my daughter came to stay with me one night, and I, I began to hear the cabinets open up, and I was like, "What is that?" And then I said, "No, I, I'm I'm hearing things." Mm-hmm. And my daughter tells me, "Dad, Bella, she's <laughs> in, she's, on, oh, she, she's only like six, she's only like six years old at the time." He's like, um, I hear something. I was like, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> don't, worry. don't worry about it. No, it's not, baby. Go but, to sleep. Yeah. Go to sleep. But it was noises, you know. I think, yeah. you know, it was, I guess, demonic, right? Mm. But, yeah, but soon um, um, after that, um, somewhere in there, I met, I met Des. I met my wife. Um, I guess I worked for the city of Kirby at that time. I worked for the city of Kirby. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like a functioning alcoholic, you can say, right? Because oh, okay. after work, I would just go straight to the store, buy me two twenty fours of Budweisers, mm-hmm. and I would drink, you know, and get drunk that night, and then you know, wake up in the morning with a hangover and go to work, and then do it all over again, mm. you know. And so uh, it was a period of time I didn't get to see my kids for a long time, you know, a couple of years. So you know, it really took me downhill, and so um, I began to miss work a lot, and. You know, in 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 that time frame is when um, I I met my wife and uh, she lived in Kirby actually, and so I would see her. I would see her um, uh, there in Kirby, and she she drove a she would drive a Mustang, like a five point Mustang with a convertible top and everything, and so. Nice. And so yeah, and, and I drove my motorcycle, so I would pass by our house on mm. my motorcycle. Oh, y'all were cool, man. Y'all were yeah. y'all were cool youngsters, man. Yeah. Speeding yeah. in a Mustang, you leather jacket, motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And, yeah, and so um so one time I was so I worked for the city, right? So I was working on her um I was working on the street right in front of her house. Mm-hmm. What coincidence. 
working on the working on the street right in front of her house, and um, um, she needed to come out, and so I had to guide her out. So I backed her up. I backed her up out of the driveway. <laughs> and then uh, we make an inside joke. You know, we have a joke. Her, her, my father-in-law, he tells me, um, he tells me, yeah, you left the street all jacked up because you're checking my daughter out. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, but, yeah, we eventually ended up meeting each other. We hooked up and. You know, there is this history after y'all that. Y'all freak out about Kirby because mm-hmm. I, I knew I didn't even know that about you because you're, you're uh, you know, in Kirby right now mm-hmm. was like you look back and see your notice like, man, you know, it was always Kirby. You know, did y'all feel a calling to Kirby? I mean, did y'all pray about it? What, what determined y'all getting launched out to Kirby? And like, was that always something pulling on y'all or something gravitating y'all towards Kirby? Yeah, that was uh, that was something on our hearts because. um I would always, I, I, I knew every bar in, in Kirby, like the back of my hand. And so mm. you could find me at the bar every night. I was mm-hmm. at the bar every night. Uh, either one of the bars I was there, I was there drinking shots and drinking uh, liquor, you know, and alcohol. And so, yeah, yeah. me and my wife had a, had a pool because she moved to Kirby with her family. And then I moved to Sunrise. My brother lived in Sunrise. And so from Sunrise, I moved back into Kirby. When I moved out of my brother's house, we moved into uh, some apartments there on Ackerman Road called Country Oak Apartments. They're still there. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, so we, we, we met each other. And I guess she was on having her own issues and her own addictions and struggles and stuff like that. And so we just fed off each other, you know. Oh, man. We just fed off each other and, you know, began to party even more. And, and, um, and yeah, it's, and, you know, I, I even end up getting locked up. And I said, I never get locked up, right? I thought mm-hmm. I was slick, you know. End up getting locked up again, find myself downtown San Antonio. And I'm downtown in the magistrate. I'm like, Horrible feeling. I'm like, what the heck? How did I get here? How did mm-hmm. I get to this point, you know, of being locked up again, you know? And I look around, there's like 30 men all around me. And I'm like, yeah. they want to fight. And I'm like, oh, my god. Yeah, there's some characters. I'm like, man, I got... <laughs> I'm like, man, I gotta you know, get out. I gotta get out of here, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So, did you call for her? Did you call to Jesus then? Was you like, man? You was like, man, God, if you get me up out of here, man, man, I, man, I'll go back to church. I'll do this. I'll do that. No, I didn't. Oh man, I didn't. Actually, when the cops picked me up, I was trying to um, run out the back window of my house, and um, oh, you was at your house? Yeah, they came pick me up from my house. Oh man, and so they knew me there from the city. And so oh, the okay. cops, they were, they were, some of them were cool with me. And so, um, they came knock on my door. My, my, my little sister, Joy was living with me at the time and, uh, she let him right in. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. She let him right in and hey, she didn't know no better, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I was trying to open my back window and it was stuck mm. in my back. I was trying to open and it was an older house and it didn't want to open. So I go to my closet and I open the door to my closet and I stand in there and I'm standing in there in the dark and I'm like, they're going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> they won't find me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. Like behind the curtains with your yeah. feet sticking out and everything. <laughs> they're they're going to find me, man. So I just came out and they're already calling me. Already. They're like, TJ, come out. We know you're in here. Yeah. I was like, all right, man, I'm here. And so he put the handcuffs on me. He said, I'm not even going to handcuff you behind your back. I was like, all right, cool. And yeah. It took me, and I still didn't call out to God. Still, oh man, I still didn't call out to God. I still. Why did they grab you if you don't want me asking you? Like, 
Oh. Public intoxication, bar at a fight, or what? It was domestic violence. Oh. We'll leave it at that. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And so um, um, after that, I, I continued on. I continued on. Um, Did you get worse? Um, you can say, yeah. And, and I was already worse already, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. I was already worse. I was, you know, doing stuff, you know, that, like I said, I've never done. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd got hooked on coke, on uh, cocaine. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, I would do it a lot. I would do a lot of coke a lot and um, sell it a lot. I would sell it just to uh, support to, your habit, just to support my habit. And so I started doing that a lot. And um, I remember one one point I didn't have, I didn't have, I ran out of coke. So I said, you know what? Um, I had a, I had a friend uh, close by that he would sell meth, mm. and I said, you know what? And I was partying with my cousin one night, and I told him. You know what? Let's let's get some. We ain't got nothing. You know, we'd been yeah. we'd been snorting all night. Ugh. And I said, let's get. Let's Hurts get, your nose. Yeah, I like, said, let's ah. get some of that. And so he said, let's do it. Mm. So we got like a twenty of that. We chopped it up, made some lines, and we snorted that. And that was the worst feeling. Yeah, it burns right. It burns ah. the heck out of your nose. Yeah. But you know, I'm thank God I didn't get addicted. I mean, I was already addicted. But like, <laughs> thank, thank God I didn't get addicted. Like, thank God man. I didn't get addicted to that. Yet. Yeah, I know. Oh, man, this coke. <laughs> Seriously, because you know, I mean, yeah. and you think about it, you see the, the meth addicts, right? You know, yeah. I, I was there, man. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm yeah. cringing. You talking about uh, that storm? Uh, like, mm-hmm. I, I had that night. Yeah. I had that night. So, I, I actually got really sick after that. You know, mm. I got really sick after that. I felt like I was gonna die. Like, like the next day, like my heart was just. Mm. Mm. I can see the veins in my head just, mm. they look like they wanted to bust. And so that made me not even want to touch that anymore, you know. And so I I, I didn't do that no more. Praise but, that's good. Yeah. But I did all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still did, you know, Xanax, the Coke, the beer, the everything, the yeah. liquor, you know. You know, and I, I I was coming to a point in my life, you know, where I, I, I was feeling broken at the time. Mm-hmm. I was starting to feel real broken, really broken. Um you know, I I'd went, I would go to the bar. I would drive my motorcycle to the bar and get drunk and drive the motorcycle drunk to the house, you know, and not know how I got home on the motorcycle. And oh, man. The morning I would wake up and I'd have, like, bubbles all over my arm from hugging the bike on the way home. Ooh. Um, you know, one night um, I went to, to the bar. Um, I wasn't on the motorcycle, though. I was, uh, I was in a – I think my truck broke down and I borrowed my parents' truck. And um, – I drank like seven shots of Patron mm. and I drank like, I don't know how many Budweiser's. I, I love Budweiser. Not no more, but yeah. I used to love Budweiser. <laughs> I used to love Budweiser and I drank, I don't know how many uh, Budweiser's that night. And um, and I left the bar and I got really hungry. <laughs> and so I went to Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Jack in the Box, the guy told me, hey, we're closed. I was like, what do you mean? You're 24 hours. He said, no, but only one person showed up, man, so we can't. Oh, man. We, nobody, everybody called in. I said, all right. So I took off. I fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, man. And I got woken up to hitting the median. I hit the median. And boom, <clears throat> boom. On the motorcycle? No, not on the motorcycle. Oh. I was in a truck. Oh, okay. And I busted both tires out, and I rolled into a neighborhood. Ooh. I rolled into a neighborhood, and I closed the door real fast, and I got out of the truck. Because uh-huh. I was drunk, I didn't want to get DUI. Yeah, and so I started walking away from the truck, and I was really, bro- I was really broken at that time. Like I, and so um, 
And so, yeah, so I had, I called my dad at that time to come pick me up. If he can pick me up, it was like four in the morning, man, like four or five in the morning. And my dad said, where the heck are you at? You know, mm-hmm. and so he, he came and picked me up. Thank God, man. Thank God for my dad. Um, he came and picked me up. And, um, and of course, I heard it from him. He started yelling at me, you know, mm. already a grown man, you know, and, yeah. and you know, dad yelling at me. He's like, blah, 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 what you doing, you know, and yeah. And I just broke down crying. And I didn't break down crying because he was yelling at me. I was just so broken already at yeah. that point. You know what I mean? I was just, I was tired. I was tired of living in my sin. I was tired. I can feel it. You know, I, I, you know, at night when I'd go to sleep, I would, you know, I begin to, I begin to feel those things again. I begin to f- hear demons in my ear. Mm. I begin to feel stuff get on top of me. At that point in my life, I, uh, um, I had a cousin around the same age as me. He wanted to live with me. And I told him, yeah, you know what? Come be my roommate. You know how it is when mm-hmm. you're uh, you're single. You know, it's easy to move somebody in with you. Oh, they're going to help. You know, they don't even help you. They don't pay mm-hmm. no rent. <laughs> yeah. And so um, he moved in with me. Uh, little did I know that he was doing uh, uh, he was doing witchcraft. Oh, man. He was worshiping the the Santa Muerte. Uh-huh. He had the Santa, the, 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 the devil Bible, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. La Biblia de la Santa Muerte. Okay. And, uh, and, and stuff really, when I let him move in, stuff really started happening to me, trippy stuff. Like, and I know I was involved in all kinds of sin too, so I'd open the door. Mm-hmm. I'd, I already had the door open there. And it didn't help that I moved him in, and he was praying to that oh, in man. my house. Is it still the cabinet house? It's still what? Is it still the cabinet house? Yeah, the cabinet oh, house. Man. Yep, still the cabinet. He provided more demons in there. Oh, man. And so, so yeah, so one night I was asleep, and... um. I hear the, we had a wooden floor and I hear the, his, his boots. Cause he always wear those, you know, the Mexican pointy boots. <laughs> and, um, I'd heard his boots walking on the floor. He would like to go, we like to go club and right. We'd go to the club and I, I guess I'd partied so hard that week. I didn't want to go out that weekend. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was so tired. I probably hadn't slept in days. So mm-hmm. I, I stayed asleep and, um, he told me, primo, I'm a boy. He's a cousin of taking off. Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well be careful. Right, I fell back to sleep. I heard his keys jangling. Um, he took off. I wake up to use the restroom that night, and I go to his room. I heard this AC unit on, and he was laying in bed. And I was like, "Cousin, I thought you were gonna leave." Mm-hmm. I told him in Spanish, "Cousin, primo, I thought you were gonna leave." Mm-hmm. And he said, "I never told you anything." I said, "You just you walked to my room a couple hours ago. You told me you were leaving." Mm. He said, "No." Oh, so I don't think much of it, right? Yeah. I go back to my bed. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day, and, and you know he's gone. I go in his room, and I found I found the the Bible, the Santa Muerte Bible, yeah. in his room. And I've never I've never gotten off to like like worshiping the dead or nothing like uh-huh. that. I've never wanted to involve myself in in witchcraft or anything like that. You know, I've That's always good. I've always had like a like a a, a, a reverence to God. You know, I've, I've always. Something I've always known that God is real, you know, and I've always had a respect for God, you know, like like in that sense, right? That I would never involve myself in like witchcraft. Other than the Ouija board, I thought it was a game. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I found the Bible in his room, the Santa Muerte Bible, and I grabbed that thing. I went like that, and I tore that thing in half. Oof. I was so mad, and I threw it in the trash, and I found candles and a poster of the Santa Muerte. He had like a little altar. Oh man! Yeah, and so I threw all that stuff in the in the trash can. And I let him know. I called him up. Let him know, hey man, you can't be doing that crap here, man. You're gonna have to. You gotta go. You gotta bounce. And I thought he was gonna want to fight me, but he didn't. But yeah, then 
you know, a lot of stuff started happening after that, man. Just just crazy stuff, man. That's crazy. I wasn't sure which one was going to be the, the demon, the one laying down or the one that, that left. I was like, which one was the real one? Which one did he really see? Yeah, That's was, crazy, man. Yeah, it was demonic what I was seeing. It was just um, demonic stuff going on in that house, man. It was crazy. Um, but at that point, let me see where we at. Um, what brought you back to God? So, like I said, I was talking to Des. We are talking like on and off. On and off, you know. And she didn't go to church. She didn't go to church. No, okay. no, she didn't go to church. Um, um, I think my si- I think my like my mom was saved by that point, right? My mom was saved. My family got mm-hmm. saved. My little sister got saved. Uh, my little sisters got saved. And so I awesome. think I think uh, what was happening at that time was my sisters were inviting my wife to um to Bible studies and stuff like that. And so my wife went a couple times, you know, to Bible mm-hmm. studies and stuff like that. Excuse me. But I, she never, she never really stuck to it. Um, and so, you know, I went. Let me see. We, she moved in with me. My wife, uh, at, at my girlfriend at the time, uh, she moved in with me. Um, we began to live together, and finally, I had a. Uh, we got the news she was pregnant, and uh, with my daughter Leah, she's what eleven years old right now. Um, she became pregnant with the Leah. And I began trying to do a little bit better, you know. Mm-hmm. I began trying to do a little bit better. Um, I would still drink, though, and still, you know, do my little thing here and there. Um, I couldn't seem to shake it off, you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't seem to shake it off. And and she had stopped doing her th- her things because she was pregnant now. And so it, she knew that she was pregnant, so she didn't want to harm our daughter. And so I started, you know, I said, you know what, let's get, let's, you know, we got our own, I got our own place and, you know, um, but it, 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 there was no peace in our home. There was no peace in our home. Um, I would look at her and my wife. I would look at her, and we weren't even married yet, actually. I would look at her, and and, um, and my wife was so empty, so empty. Like, mm. like I could see, like, just emptiness. Like, not, she, was not, she wouldn't smile. She wasn't happy. And, and my, she already had had my daughter. My daughter, she was a little, ba- little toddler, a little baby. And... Um, God began to deal with me again, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then I was, I was at that point, I was already broken beyond broken already. You know, I was just like, mm-hmm. I was, I was done. Like I felt, I felt like, you know how they say, you know, the world chew you up and spit mm-hmm. you out. I felt like that, you know, and, um, um, one, uh, one time I saw pastor will. So pastor Will's my brother-in-law, which was my first pastor. He's married to my sister, Norma. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one time I saw them, I guess they were in the process of buying a house and, um, he was over at my house and, um, I told him, Hey, um, can you pray for me? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? He didn't even realize that I was so broken, you know, at the time I was so broken and you know, somehow I, I knew how to come back to God. You know, I always knew mm-hmm. how to come back to God and, uh, he prayed for me that night and, you know, I began to cry that night. I began to, you know, shed some tears and because I, I was feeling so depressed, feeling like nothing was working out. And he looked at me and was like, oh, shoot, like, what's wrong? Like, and he began to minister to me, you know, and pray, he prayed for me. Mm-hmm. And um, little did I know that soon after that, that, you know, they were going to get uh, uh, sent out uh, to Universal City. And so um, they got sent out uh, to Universal City. And 
that's when I had told I had told my I told Des at the time I told her I was like look um um let's go to church you know Norman and William are gonna get sent out there let's go support them mm-hmm. you know let's go support them and she my, she didn't want to but I said no let's go she said okay let's go to su- support them that's awesome so we went to support them and uh I went I went and my walls were down my walls were down and so mm-hmm. um. God touched me. God touched me in one of the service, Amen. one of the services, and I just, you know, I gave my life to Christ again, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, it didn't happen like from one day to the next. Yeah, it it kind of gradually happened, you know, like I I I went to church and God touched me, and I stopped going for a little bit, you know, mm. and then I would, you know, people would keep reaching out to me, um, uh, Norma, uh, Will, Pastor Will. A couple of brothers from the church would reach out to me, and you know I would we would find ourselves back at church. Yeah. Until um, one day, you know, I just I, total conversion. You know, I I I got filled with the Holy Spirit again. That's what that's what changed. I got filled with the Holy Spirit again, just by one uh, one service. I I I was I, you know I was broken. I was had all these problems and all these issues, and I just kneeled down at the altar. And I began to cry out to God, and I just began to speak in tongues. You know, ain't nobody had to pray for me or anything. I just began to speak in tongues, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And from that moment forward, like, like, God delivered me. God delivered me. God set me That's free. Awesome. Like, I didn't touch drugs no more. I didn't touch anything anymore. And um, and so my wife thought it was a joke. Mm-hmm. My wife thought I was faking it. Mm. You know, she thought, nah, it's not real. Yeah. He's just going to go and, you know, because I would, I would leave her. I would go party on the weekends, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, and like I said, I wouldn't party every day, but sometimes I would leave on the weekend and leave her by herself with the baby, you know, and, and I was starting to do that little, that little thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting tired of that. And so, um, and so, yes, yeah, so my wife didn't believe me. So she wasn't my wife. And so, you know, when we started getting serious and Pastor Will had told me, he's like, hey, you should marry Des. And. God was already dealing with me. I said, yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to marry Des. And so Pastor Will pulled her in the office and says, hey, TJ wants to marry you. You want to marry him? I was like, no, I don't want to marry him. Shut She was like, why, why don't I want to marry him if he's just going to be unfaithful mm. and he's just going to leave me at the house by myself? And, you know, she had every right to yeah, feel that yeah, way, yeah, you know? Yeah. Of course. And so... um, so yeah, some time passed and you know, I, I kept pressing on it and finally she agreed to, you know, she she began to see that, you know, that I wasn't playing around, you know, I was mm-hmm. like legit. Like I, I really wanted to to change and I really wanted to to do what was right for, for her and for my family, you know. And for my kids that I didn't have with me, you know, my uh, Bella and Israel, my oldest ones, they were younger at the time. And so um God began to help me. God began to help me. Um uh there at the Universal City Church, and uh, you know, through uh, Pastor Will and my sister, and a couple of brothers in the church, a couple of brothers and sisters in the church, and um, and begin to help my wife, and we eventually end up getting married. Um, don't ask to see the, the wedding photos, and so hey, Daniel, can you put those up? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, yeah, we, we we got married. I mean, her, her her family didn't want us to get married, you know. I mean, like I said, they had every reason, you know. I was not the 
not the best guy, you know. And mm-hmm. you know, your parents, you know, you need to marry a good person, you know. Yeah. Your parents look out for you, so they were just looking out for her. They love me now. Yeah, that's good. That's but, awesome. But yeah, they didn't they didn't like me at first, you know, and uh, uh, they had every reason not to like me. But um, um, yeah, we got married um, there in church, and so uh, we had our marriage pictures with our kids in our marriage pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, so, though. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so, um, and after that, you know, it, we took off for Jesus, man. We we served uh, God for uh, under Pastor Will, um, my brother-in-law, for three years, and um, I had, had the privilege to serve, serve under him. You know, he really played a big part in my life, him and my sister, you know, they played a big role. And, and, and I also, Pastor Benny played a big role in, in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. It, um, when I first started going to Pastor Benny's as well, um, uh, you know, he, he, Pastor Benny actually would go follow up on me at my job. He would go check up on me, stuff like that. And, you know, and I end up falling, you know, you know, it's like he told me before, he's like, you know, better late than never, you know. Yeah. And so um, I served God under um, um, Pastor Will there for three years. And then uh, 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 Pastor Luis, or my pastor now, our pastor now, uh, end up um, uh, taking over the church and Pastor Will end up. Going, getting redirected uh, back to uh, uh, Pastor Benny's to his mother church, and then got sent out to Dallas. Of course, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I served God under Pastor uh, my pastor Pastor Luis for three years as well, and you know, and you know, really took it to another level in those three years, and begin to, you know, um, just um, begin to pray for people. You know, I begin to to pray for people everywhere I would go. Pray for people. Pray for the sick. You know, just on fire, you know, and just, uh, um, you know, that new convert zeal, you know, yeah. where you just, I mean, I did that with Pastor Will too, but like I was on fire, man. Like I was praying for everybody, anybody and everybody, you know, if I saw somebody in a wheelchair, I go pray for them. And, you know, I prayed for this one guy awesome. one time, um, that was in a, in a, in a scooter for a whole year and I prayed for him and he got up out of the scooter and was able to walk and he hadn't walked in a year. Praise and God. I prayed for this person as an, as a, that, you know, that's in my mother and our mother church, you know, um, I prayed for this one guy, um, that had broken ribs, uh, um, was a heroin addict and, and they had barely beat him up, broke his ribs. I prayed for him. God healed his broken ribs. You know, I was just, you know, I was just doing stuff like that. And then I told my, I told pastor Luis, I was like, Hey man, I'm praying for people that, you know, and they're getting healed. It's like, do a healing crusade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. Did you have the book back then or? Yeah. You had the book. Okay. So yeah. you got the book. Yes. Yeah, so he gave me the it. book. I read the book and I was like, awesome, man. You know what? We set up a healing crusade and, you know, before you know it, they took off like that. You know, I did one healing crusade and then uh, I was so excited. I said, man, sign me up for next month. I want to do another one, you know, and it kept on like that. And then, other people, Brother Camilo, mm-hmm. Pastor Camilo, uh, Pastor Joe, uh, excuse me, a couple of other brothers from the church. They would, um, uh, you know, see everybody, you know. It was like revival hit, man, at that point right there at, in our church. You know, it was just like uh, p- couples were getting saved, young people were getting saved, older people were getting saved. And just like, it was just like a move of God was happening, yeah, man. It was powerful and um, um you know, and they begin to do things for God and they begin to do healing crusades. And you know what? God just began to move through all of that. It was so awesome. And so, um, so yeah. And so, um, after about six years, after about serving, I served God under Pastor Will for three years and under Pastor Luis, um, for three years. And, um, 
and got sent out to um, Kirby, Texas. That's where, and back to your question that you asked me, um, I don't think I ever answered you. Um, why did we want to go back to Kirby? We Our heart was for Kirby because we were there. Um, you know, I met my wife there. Not only that, but I was there with the sinners, you know, mm-hmm. at the party houses there in Kirby, at the bars there in Kirby, running the streets in Kirby. I know Kirby like the back of my hand. I know all the streets by memory, you know, and and so my heart was for there. And it's crazy because my pastor had told me, he's like, he's like, I have Kirby on my mind. And I was like, what? Me and my wife, you know, mm-hmm. we're from Kirby. So we're like, you know what? Yeah, we want to go to Kirby. Let's go. We want to go to Kirby. Let's go to Kirby. And so we got sent to Kirby. We're there now. And we've been there uh, for five years. Amen. Um, going on five years now. How is it? Um, God's helping us. You know, God's God uh, is moving in our church. You know, we have a good uh, good core of people. We have um, um, a good flow of people uh, there at the church, good uh, faithful people there um, um, uh, serving God there beside us there at the church and um, God is moving God is moving God is I mean we've seen we've you know we've seen the church you know through the pandemic you know what I mean mm-hmm. we've seen the church go down and you know now it's you know uh, we have a good flow of people uh, there now and we have good couples we have good couples and good people there uh, backing us up and so we have about, about uh, 40 people about 40 people nice yeah congratulations uh, yeah and so some of those including your own uh, kids now, correct? Yes, yes. So I actually got custody of my kids, um, uh, of my older kids from my first relationship. I got custody of them. Uh, me and my wife got custody of them uh, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Two years ago. And um, um, it's like everything just kind of fell in place, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like um, I could still... That's you God know, moving. Yeah, that's God moving, you know. And, and even, you know, I, and, you know, people think that, you know, that, just because you get saved that everything's going to be better just when, yeah. you, when you get saved. And it's not always the case. Yeah, God does move and God brings restoration. But, you know, I, throughout, uh, you know, being saved, I still experienced some hard times. You know, we all do. Mm-hmm. I experienced like, you know, I, I still would experience the, how you say it, the residue of my sin. Of the, uh, you know, the consequences, the, the choices that I made when I was in sin. I experienced some of those things uh, while I was being, while I was saved, you know. And, um, and, and, but we serve a good God. We serve a God of restoration, you know, a God that's, uh, able to restore families and marriages and, you know, and set people free. And, um, and that's what God did for me. Mm-hmm. You know, he restored, he restored my family, you know, and, and brought us closer together and, and for the, for the, for the better. And, and my family's doing good now. God, God has blessed us, you know, and, and I'm not just. You know, people, when you, people say blessed, they think it's money, right? And it's not just money, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. money's yeah, of course, it's good to have money. But, um, you know, just having that, having your family there, doing what's right, you know, striving for to do what's right, and and having that unit there leading your, your kids and knowing that you're leading your family in the right direction, yeah. you know, uh, that, that's, that it feels good to do that, you know, yeah. knowing that you're leading them to God and you're, they're, they're going to make heaven their home. Um, but yeah. How did you break, uh, your addictions and stuff and all the things that you were going through? So being faithful in church, you know, uh, being at every church service, you know, just, you know, both of my pastors told me, you know, like if you're gonna, you're gonna make it, you gotta be in service, you know, because if, if I wasn't at service, I was the type that I was at the bar Mm -hmm. or at the club. 
on yeah. the weekends, you know, and doing some stupid. I so, can relate to that. Yeah. So, or doing something stupid at my house, you know, and so, so what what kept me in 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 the will of God and saved and in my right mind was being at church, being involved, being involved. That's what kept me. And my, both my pastors, and then they would tell me, Pastor Luis, and he would tell me, he's like, man, he's like, stay involved, stay involved, being being everything. Being everything, you see the calendar. Being everything, every service, and I was there. Every every service, every outreach, every everything that was going on, man. Mm. And even even if I was going through like hard times or through like mm. trials or you know or court battles, I went through a lot of court battles in my life. You know, oh, man, uh, trying to get that? trying to get custody of my kids, and um, never worked out for me, man. It never worked out for me, and and you know, at sometimes I would question, you know, like I I would not. Not that I would question God, but I would question like, man, like I'm saved. I'm yeah. I prayed, you know, that you would move God. Like, you know, I would talk to God and say like, man, like, you know, I fasted, I prayed and it still didn't work out for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I learned to, to stay faithful and say, OK, you know what? You, you know what you're doing better than I do, you know? Yeah. And so I just would push through it. And and, uh, you know, it's like one time I went to court and nothing worked out in my favor. Nothing worked out in my favor. I, I couldn't even, ha- I didn't even have rights just to see my kids, you know? And so I, I dealt with that a lot. That was, that was a real, that took a real hit to me mm-hmm. because I didn't see my kids for some years. I couldn't even talk to them. They were so small that, you know, sometimes a mom wouldn't let me, uh, let them talk to me. So it took a, it took a real big hit on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, I really needed to be in church. I really needed. That's the times where I would draw near closest to God when I was going through my hardest times. Because mm-hmm. if not, you want to go back to your familiar comfort. You know, you want to go back to the drinking. You want to go back to the smoking. You want to go back to the all them other things. And so I really stayed focused with doing the will of God. And, you know, when I went to court and we lost the court, the court um, uh, battle, we had we had street preach that day. And so it was either, you know what? Go home and drown in your sorrows or go to street preach. Yeah. And I said, you know what, man, I'm going to go street preach. Get there, preach on. God, you know, you know I'm going to have the victory. You know Amen. what I mean? And so I would I would fight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't just give in. You got to fight. You got to contend, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I learned that, you know what I mean? Because I, you don't know that I learned that. You know, yes, of course, a pastor guiding me and, you know, uh, speaking into my life and, you know, and me being obedient and really, you know, saying, you know what, okay, man, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to go home and drown in my sorrows. I'm not going to do that. You know what? I'm going to fight. I'm going to um, press in. I'm going to go street preach. Yeah. And I'm going to street preach even harder now, you know? And so I would go and I would street preach and and, and give God the glory. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though I, it wasn't my, my situation wasn't favorable. Um, I, I, I would give God the victory, you know what I mean? So, man, you know what? We have I have the victory still, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I see that similarity uh, between you and a lot of the, the other pastors, you know, like how you were saying, um, you know, I'm desperate, so I'm going to be in, at every service. That really sticks out to me because, uh, you know, that, that's what I was just telling a brother the other day, and he's sitting there saying he's desperate. And I was telling him, you know, like, bro, you're desperate, you're desperate, you know, we're, we're there shedding tears. He's telling me uh, his story and his touch me. I'm like, bro, you know, I feel you, you know, and I'm, I'm witnessing to him, telling my testimony. And I was like, look, you're desperate. Uh, I was desperate. Be at every service. Come back tonight. And so it, it's crazy that you say that. And, you know, that it, it seems to be a key thing that I hear in all of these pastors' lives and all of these, uh, you know, figures in the church that have made it for God. A, a big thing is uh, surrender. And, 
And people don't understand. They think we're just saying that because I don't know why they think that we're just saying that. But it's like you're desperate, um, you know, come to every service, mm-hmm. you know, go to church, give your life to God and come to every service, come to every service and let God do something in your life. So you said that. And, you know, I, I never heard you say that as well. But when you said that, it reminded me of everyone else. That's a big thing, man. You just you got to go to every service, be involved and throw yourself at God. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I mean, I would give myself to everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would give myself to, I'd give myself to the bar, to the club, more times, you know, during the week than a church service, you know. Mm. And God, you know, God could do way more in one church service, you know. And so, like, you know, and I, I would believe God for that, you know. I'd go to church with an expectant heart, you know, like I do every, all the time still. But, you know, I, you know, I, at that time, I really was going through it even more, you know. Yeah. I, I, of course, you know, like, I've seen the hand of God in my life and I've seen the blessing of God over my life or my family. Now I can honestly say, you know, it's been every year serving God. I, I, it gets better every year serving God. It gets better. You know, I, I came into the church. I was a mess, man. I was, you know, just broke down, you know, just depressed, uh, addicted to drugs, alcohol, you know, me and my, uh, you know, it, it did, it took a lot of stuff to overcome. Um, like even, after we got married, you know, uh, yeah, we would argue and stuff like that. But we got married to kind of, kind of help out, right? It helped out us tying the knot and you know, getting married. Really helped spiritually, you know. It helped us a lot. Um, but we would still fight, you know. Me and my wife, we, we loved this, we loved each other so much we couldn't keep our hands off each other. Mm. And so, Mm-mm-mm. so yeah, so <laughs> that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we would, we would, you know, we would go to church. I mean, we would go to church. We we're fighting going mm. to church, you know, like it's, she'd be smacking me, slapping me, going on the way to church. And I would just grab mm. her head and put her head against the window and be like, stay there until we get to church. Mm. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. And so, so yeah, that was like, you know, that was, I was a new convert. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, God really helped us. God really helped our our marriage. You know, God really helped our marriage a lot. How'd y'all get through that? Uh, it was hard. Mm. It was tough. You know, it was just different things that I. How been tough was it at a point where like, did you think if anything was gonna break you, that was gonna break you, or was there anything? You know, was it to that extreme where you were like, man, I don't know if we can get through this. Like, is this? Was it ever to a point where it's like, man, I, you know, I just can't do this? Or was it always like, God, I know you can get me through this? Or was was there anything that was ever like, man, this this is just too much? Or was there any, any uh, you know, seasons where it's like, man, this is too much? Oh, yeah, man. It was a lot of like that. Mm. <laughs> there was a lot of seasons like that. But thank God for headship, you know. Thank God for leadership. Thank God for my pastor, pastors, you know, um, leaders, you know. Thank God for um, uh, people that are able to go alongside you and and help you. You know when you're when you're going through a hard time, and um, you know you need to counsel. You know, my, uh, Pastor Luis always there. You know, counsel us. You know, we go through something, and you know, it, it, Pastor would ask me, and I would be like, "Hey, TJ, how's everything? Everything's going good, Pastor." He asked my wife, "Nothing's going good," <laughs> mm. you know, and so my wife would always tell on me anyway. She would. <laughs> She'd all go to the office and tell on me, and you know, and and of course, uh, accountability, holding yourself accountable, you know, um, and so, pastor really helped us out a lot, um, and that, you know, counseling us, marriage counseling, and um, that really helped out our marriage a lot. It was a marriage counseling, um, 
and dealing with issues because uh, issues that she brought into into our marriage and issues that I had brought into the marriage, you know, mm-hmm. blended family now, right? Because I got, a, we, I brought two kids and not, not hers, you know, and now we have, you know, blended kids and, you know, the whole blended family thing. And so it's just a little, it was a struggle, you know, mm-hmm. but God helped us. God helped us through through our marriage and we begin to come, get closer and closer and begin to, we begin to handle um, um, our arguments a little bit better, you know. Everybody that's argues, good. you know what I mean? But yeah. we wouldn't get violent no more. Yeah, that's good. So if in case you're wondering, you, I probably gave it up why I got locked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, so yeah. Amen. Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Someone who's in your shoes that could relate. Right. Any words of advice that uh, you would give any wisdom? Anyone in any similar situation? Words of hope? Well, the first time I gave my life to Christ, like I said, I was 17 years old, teenager, you know, and, and, and for any teenager, I would say, serve God. Give your life to Christ, even though it gets hard. Um, hang around the, 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 the kids in the church, the teenagers, link hearts with the other teenagers in the church, with the people in the church. You know, um, that's what I would tell the teenager, you know. Um, because, you know, I backslid as a teenager. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Everything happens for a reason, right? God, God mm-hmm. allows everything to happen. Sometimes we make bad choices, you know, but God, you know, makes it work for our good. But, you know, I, I backslid and, you know, I was, I wasn't saved for, for 10 years, you know, now I've been saved just the amount of time I've been backsliding, mm-hmm. you know, but man, thank God that God is married to the backslider. You know, God is married to the backslider. Thank God for that. Amen. You know, that God gives us a second chance or many chances, you know. And um, um, I, I, God gave me another opportunity, you know. And, and let me tell you something, like the 10 years that I've been saved are way better than the 10 years I was backslidden. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, nothing but pain and suffering, not saved and out of the will of God. Mm-hmm. Nothing but blessing the 10 years that I've been saved. My family, restoration, you know what I mean? God's moving, moved in our life, God's moved in our church. You know, I never thought I'd, I never thought I'd be a pastor. You know, yeah. And look what God has done. Look at everything. I, 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 I couldn't brag on anything. I can't boast on anything. Um, I, I give God the glory of everything He's done in my life, in my family's life. I, I'd be dumb to take credit for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I would say, I would tell people, man, give your life to Christ, man. You, you know, if you're lonely, you're depressed. Um, you know, we, we try to use everything else to fill ourselves with, you know, whether it be women, uh, materialistic things, drugs, alcohol. And, you know, we you need God, you know, you need, yeah. you need God and God can help you and give you eternal life and life more abundantly and come to Jesus. You know, yeah. Jesus Christ is the answer. And that's what helped me. You know, um, um, it's like I told this one guy um he believe in Allah or but he had a different religion. I begin to ask him, like, you know, what has your God done for you? And he says, as what miracles has your God done for you? And he tells me, oh, he does miracles in the Bible, in the whatever, the Quran or whatever. Mm-hmm. He does miracles. And I say, let me tell you what miracles my God has done for me. Mm-hmm. He's restored my marriage. He set me free from drugs. He set me free from alcohol. Mm-hmm. He set me free from all these things, man. And you know what? I'm here to tell you, God can do the same for you. If you would just surrender your life to to God, 
to Jesus Christ. Repent, turn away from your sins, and put your trust in God. Amen. God will help you. And so, is he in your church? Did he do it? No, that guy's not in my church. Oh no. man, he didn't do. It. No. Oh man. Well, we'll pray for it. Yeah, pray for <laughs> him. Yep. Well, thank you, thank you, Pastor TJ. Thank you for being on our show. Yes, uh, sir. We're going to close it out with that. It's your host, Casey Case. Until next time, this is Jesse. Until next time. God bless. Yeah, it started to definitely turn into sexual abuse. Mm. In my How old were you at this time? Mm, I think he started, like, grooming. When I say grooming, I'll define grooming as if somebody doesn't know what grooming is. When they win your trust and manipulate you. Mm. And um, I think he started doing that for, like, a year and a half. Uh, sexual abuse probably started like at seven. Me and my sister, my sister was like a year and a half older than me. I think I was like really probably like one of the lowest times I've ever felt like mm-hmm. was that moment. And I was How like, old were you at that point? I think I was like eight or wow. nine. So already at eight years Man, old. That's and crazy. Yeah. I felt so low. Like he, like if you could break a kid's spirit, he broke me. Like I wasn't even, I think at that moment I wasn't even crying anymore. I was just, I already cried. He already embarrassed me. He he, he did what he wanted, and he, he, like, to me, he won at that moment. And I remember Monique was just, she felt so bad, and she was just rubbing my arm, like, I'm sorry, it's okay, Des, mom's almost here. And I, I, don't, I think I remember just, like, all right. She knew, like, man, like, she's done. She can't come here no more. And um, that became real for me, like, whoa, like, that was God speaking to me. And then I realized I can't forgive them. I can't. Like, through Jesus, I can. So then I started to learn, like, the only forgiveness you can find is through God. So then that's when it became real is when I was able to forgive people. Once I was able to forgive people, realize God forgave me, I have to forgive others. Then, like, I started getting healing because I just didn't get saved and was all, like, in it. Like, I didn't want to just, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that. I didn't want to do anything. I just was learning. I was 